So let's open up uh, Scripture, Luke chapter 1, verses 11 to 17. Luke chapter 1, 11 to 17. And so this is just the birth of John the Baptist. And then we're going to go into the uh, John the Baptist as a big guy. And look at that as well. So Luke 1, 11 to 17. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, and that is uh, Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He'll be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the sight, uh, sorry, in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Then Matthew 3, 1-7. Matthew 3, 1-7. So John the Baptist grows up. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. John wore a garment of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region around the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when John saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to, his, to this place of baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? And I want us to think of two words today. Two words. First word is difference. Difference. And John was going to make a difference in the world. John was going to make a difference in the world. Verse 14. First difference was joy. 114. Many will rejoice because of him. Luke 114. Many will rejoice because of him. Luke 1, 16. He will bring back many of Israel back to God. So there's going to be a, 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 like a revival, a spiritual revival. And it's been so long. They call this time between John and before that, the 400 years of silence. The last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, was 400 years back. 400 years of, 
of God not saying things? And was he still interested in his people or not? But all of a sudden, John appears. And God is like, God's back. <laughs> Luke 1, 17, he'll go on before the people in spirit, in the spirit and power of Elijah. So there's a spiritual authority about John. And the people expected Elijah to return. <clears throat> that had been predicted in the book of Malachi. And John was, was a type of Elijah. So he fulfilled that prophecy. He had turned the hearts of the parents to their children. So it's going to be family restoration because of John. And he had turned the disobedient to the wisdom of the wise. So there's going to be spiritual restoration and repentance. And John would do amazing things. No miracles, but amazing things. He's going to make a difference to the world. He's going to make a difference to the world. But for, for that to happen, John needed to be different. To make a difference in the world, John needed to be different. He'd be different. He would not go with the flow. He needed to be different to make a difference. Right from the outset, even his very name was different. Uh, right, I think it's right at the end of Luke Verse 61-62, uh, when they name him, they name him a name that was totally out of the box. No one had that name from that family. It was not Zechariah, it was John. This confused everyone. Um, but this is the, the name that the angel had said. He is to be called John. Couldn't believe it. No one's called John. Secondly, his food and drink was going to be different. He was not to have alcohol all through his life. His, his food would not be flesh. It would be bush food, uh, locusts, honey, the food of poor people. Uh, like in France, you know, snails, that's poor people's food. That's, that's why it became, uh, you know, people think, oh, that's special. Well, actually it was poor people's food, poor people's meat. His clothes were different, uh, like Elijah's clothes, camel hair, uh, possibly even his hair was different. Uh, possibly he took a Nazarite Vow. We'll talk about that later. His accommodation would be different. He was um, a rough sleeper out in the bush, out in the wilderness. Word of God came to John. His style of communication was different. You brood of vipers. He didn't try to flatter people. This is really important because of uh, the common perception of the Messiah would be that he would be some sort of military leader. But John's language was not diplomatic. And John did not try to curry favor with powerful people. 
And, and John was saying, actually, actually, our, our problem is not a political problem. Our problem is not a military problem. Our problem is a biological problem. It's our hearts. It's a heart problem. You need to repent, to refocus your loves on God. Problem's not out there, it's in here. That's what drives you to accumulate when you could be sharing. It's what drives you soldiers to extort from the people when you could be acting with justice. Drives you tax people to skim off the top when you could be acting with integrity. Our problem is a hard problem. It's not out there, it's in here. You need to repent. Turn back to God. Turn your loves back to God. And John's attitude to social status was, was different. Actually, non-existent. John didn't care who liked him and who he offended. Didn't care if he offended the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the soldiers, Herod. Didn't care. For me, Carl, I, I try to emphasise my most tenuous links with famous people. Um, so like during COVID, one of my first cousins is uh, Rawiri Jansen uh, from the Jansen side, the Viking side of the family, my mum's side. And so every now he was one of the spokesmen for Māori uh, health during COVID. So every now and he'd come on TV and say, hey! Kids, 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 here's my first cousin. Uh, come on, look, here he is. That, that's my cousin. And um, after a while, I say, Dad, like, do you even know him? Do you have anything to do with him? I said, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, not, not the match last night, the one before, when the Black Ferns were pra- um, playing uh, France. And... Um, they're on the plane, and um, one of the Gisborne players, her brother used to live, they used to live on Cleary Road, her brother used to climb over the fence and play on the trampoline. And so I say, and the kids don't remember saying, yep, uh, Renee, her brother used to come to our place and she used to come and get him. <laughs> <laughs> And 25 years, that's 10 years ago, 25 years ago on a rugby college tournament, I met Wayne Smith, the coach. And I said, oh, you know, and 25 years ago, that, there I met him. And, and, and Shah, in her cruelty, she's like, is that all you got, Carl? Like, <laughs> is that it? Yeah. Uh, her brother, 10 years ago, used to come and play, and 25 years ago, briefly, you met, is that, is that all you got? I said, yeah, um, uh, yeah. But John was not like that. He didn't care. He wasn't trying to impress people. And the thing about John is, is you, you got what you got. And the angel said to Elizabeth and Zechariah, 
he said something. He said something. And, and the question is, uh, why? Be, you know, why did God need to say that to, to Zechariah? And Elizabeth was in on it too. Why? Because right at, the, right at the outset, the Holy Spirit was with baby John. Right at the outset. And so God had this direct link um, to John. But he shares what is going to happen with John with Zechariah. And, with, um, and so the community knows. Uh, Elizabeth knows too. And there's a reason for that, and it's really important because uh, the family and the community would need to prepare John for God's ministry. And they needed to support John and what John was going to do and be. They needed to know. They needed to confirm and support what John was going to do and be in his life. And it's not certain, but it's possible that John was a Nazarite. And the Nazarites were those that took a special pledge uh, for their ministry. And there are three things to do with the pledge. Uh, number one, they would not touch alcohol. Uh, number two, they were not to go near dead bodies. And number three, they didn't cut their hair. But they abstained for of those three things. Sometimes it was a minimum of a month, uh, but sometimes it was lifelong. Samson, for instance, was a Nazarite, not a great one. He allowed Delilah to cut his hair, and he ate honey out of a dead lion. Uh, Samuel, too, probably was a Nazarite. But with, with John... John needed support in his ministry. And um, they needed to speak into his life of what he was going to be and do. It would have been interesting at the dinner table with little John and his parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth, and, and, and speaking into him what God had for him. You, you know, something like, you know, John, God has a special, special call on your life. So it's going to be different for you, John. He leads you in a special way. He speaks to you in a special way. You're going to bring people closer to God. There's something special about you. And so your life, John, is going to be different. Not everyone has this gift, this calling that you have, John. And so, son, your life is going to be different. You're not going to be having beersies with your friends, John. You're not going to have flash clothes, flash house. You won't be getting a mullet. <laughs> like your friends, and you won't be going to, lip, to little nippers. You'll be learning the word of God. On the Sabbath, this is going to cost you, John. There's a call on your life. You're going to be different. And John, the way you hear the Spirit of God is like no one else we've ever met. You have a special awareness of the Spirit. 
you have special ears. You have a special mission from God. And so to, to make a difference, John, you're going to need to be different. To make a difference, you're going to need to be different. You're going to be different. So that's the first word, difference. Second word is focus. And John needed to focus. Needed to focus. Couldn't be distracted the way other people were distracted. He was going to be focused. But then John needed to step out of the focus. Needed to be focused, and then he needed to step out of the focus. Like those photos sometimes you see where there's a one person they are concentrated on, there's other people in the photo, but they're blurred. And this needed to happen with John. He needed to become blurry. John chapter 3, 26 to 30. John chapter 3, there's another scripture, 26 to 30. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one who testified about, you testified about, look, he's baptizing and everyone is going to him. To this, John replied, a person can only receive what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I'm not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him. And he's full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and is now complete. He must become greater and I must become less. He must become greater, and I must become less. And John was a preparation for the coming ministry of Jesus. Ministry of John was indicating that God was up to something. Aslan was on the move. The lion was on the move. God was about to do something. And John was just a teaser for that. There's a spiritual awakening in the land. People confessing their sins, being baptized, being changed. But John knew he must, Jesus must get greater and he must become less. He must become greater. And I must become less. I must decrease. He must increase. I'm not my, the Messiah, but I've heard his voice. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom awaits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. John said, I've heard the bridegroom's voice. And it was spoken Way back through the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 40, I think. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And he did that. John did that. He prepared the people for the coming of Jesus. After 400 years of silence, God was up to something again. And John knew he had to get out of the focus. Yes, he'd been used by God, but he was not the Messiah. He was not God. 
Jesus must increase, he must decrease. And, and th- by the way, that's harder than it sounds. When you're used to the limelight, when you're used to the microphone, when you're used to people listening to you and looking at you, to step away from that. I've seen that, and that's hard. We're going to experience that. <laughs> uh, in all sorts of ways, I remember when I was teaching uh, down in Wellington, there was a principal down the road, and uh, for decades taught, was a principal, retired, and one year later killed himself because they were, could not handle from what they were to what they were not now. And there's many people, many ministers, uh, missionaries, some of you will know them, that uh, were up here doing this and then no longer in front of a microphone and stepped away not only from the ministry but from the faith. It's a, it's a hard thing to do, uh, to become less. But John did that. Amazing man. Because when your identity is tied up in, in what you do, that is really dangerous. And as followers of Jesus, that is not what our identity is tied up in. It's tied up in who he is and that he is in us. Not in what we do, whether we sing or preach or make coffee or in charge of putting out the chairs, or in charge of this or that or whatever, our identity cannot be in what we do, in what we do. Our identity is in him, that he is in us, and we are part of the chosen people of God. Even for ministers and leaders, it's very dangerous. And we are first and foremost a beloved child of God. By the grace of God, and by the grace of God, he lets us be involved in in what he's doing in the world. That's not our primary identity. We're one of the saints, part of the chosen people, dearly loved. John 3.20, he must become greater, I must become less. Ko te tiganga tenei, ko ia kia nui haere, ko hau, ko iti haere. He must become greater and I must become less. And that's why we're going to finish with worship. <laughs> Not finish with car, but finish with, with worship. Because this is what we're trying to do. Worship God. Worship God. Worship Jesus. That's what we're aiming for. So thank you, team.